All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm speaking to you from New York City on this, the 31st day of December 2019. Before I say anything else, let me wish you all a happy new year, as this is the last day of 2019 and the last day of a decade. My hope and prayer for all of you is that you have a happy, healthy, joy-filled, and prosperous 2020. This show will do what we can to try to help you make that happen in 2020. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it one of the more popular shows in the Voice America Business Channel. Also, want to invite you to continue sending along your questions, comments, or whatever they may be, comments. Send them along to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. Questions. The number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Also want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Certainly 2019 has been a very good year. Irving Resources uh, up 65% this year. Novo Resources up 57%. Great Bear Resources takes the takes the crown at up 287%. Two other companies that just recently joined us as sponsors uh, are more or less break-even at this stage, but we're expecting big things from Gatling Exploration and TriStar Gold Resources uh, in this bull market as it continues to go on into 2020. I've titled today's show, Making Money in Mining Stocks in 2020, Part 2. What I have chosen to do for the last two shows of this year was to interview newsletter writers like myself, who, with the exception of Bob Moriarty, are involved in the Metals Investor Forum events, the next one of those being held in Vancouver, January 17th and 18th. So last week's show was titled, Making Money in Mining Stocks, 2020, Part 1. This week's uh, title, Making Money in Mining Stocks, 2020, Part 2, the questions that I posed last week and will pose this week are the following. What was your most successful stock pick or two in 2019? What are your two top picks for 2020 as we enter the new year? In general, which markets do you expect will do well in 2020 and which ones do you want to avoid? Last week, we asked those questions of Bob Moriarty, Brent Cook, Gwen Preston, and Greg McCoach. At least one of the companies picked by Bob Moriarty nearly doubled following Bob's recommendation, and it is a company that I expect may soon become a sponsor to this show as well. Very exciting story there. You can listen to last week's top picks by going to jtaylormedia.com. Go to the podcast page at jtaylormedia.com. This week... Uh, which is part two of Making Money in Mining Stocks. Eric Coffin, John Kaiser, Chen Lin are my guests, and I will be asking them the same questions as were asked of the letter writers last week. And 
Since I, too, am a participating newsletter writer, in just a minute, I will be passing along some of my thoughts about 2020. As soon as I finish my thoughts, I will be speaking to Chen Lin to hear where he plans to be making money in 2020. In the second segment of today's show, John Kaiser will join me. And then in the final segment, Eric Coffin will offer some of his excellent ideas about where you can make money, where he believes you're going to make money in 2020. Both Eric and John, for sure, uh, are very much interested in early stage exploration uh, stories. And uh, when those stories hit, they can be really uh, stellar performers, no doubt about that. Okay, well, here are some of my thoughts about uh, this year, last year, and into 2020. My most successful pick in 2019 was Great Bear Resources, which is a sponsor to this show. It was my biggest winner for sure. It rose something, well, it started the year at $1.74 in U.S. money and ended uh, just before this show began a little earlier today at $6.75. This is a company that still has, in my view, massive upside potential. Only small because only a small portion of that LP fault, where they've been just hitting some very wide intersections of uh, interspersed with very high grade gold and then lower grades, uh, that has been drill tested, but only a very short distance of the uh, I think it's something like 18 kilometer strike length. And what is amazing is that the high percentage and virtually every hole they put down, they've been hitting in, they've been getting what they're looking for. They've been hitting gold mineralization. So it's a consistency. That's been the story throughout since I first started following Great Bear was the consistency of hits. Very, very unusual. And with an obvious multi-million ounce high-grade gold deposit in the making, management is planning a royalty spin-out company in 2020. I expect to hear something about that in, 20, uh, in January. If for no other reason I want to continue holding the stocks that I own now personally, so that I inherit a royalty, uh, a royalty company on this magnificent gold deposit, the limits of which are still being expanded. Very exciting story. Continues to be, uh, but of course, with the kind of move it's made now in percentage terms, I think there are some others that probably offer some uh, bigger upside, and I'll be getting to that in just a moment. Much as I continue to like Great Bear from a percentage upside potential, as I say, there are others that I think uh, offer much better upside. So here are a couple of my top picks as we enter 2020. The first one is Sitka Gold Corp. Only 30.5 million shares outstanding, selling at 14 cents in U.S. money. That gives it a 4 million U.S. dollar market cap. Tiny, tiny, tiny company. The company has three exploration projects. The first, which is being drilled right now, is the Burial Creek property in Arizona, which has a small historical gold and silver resource. This is a very low-risk drill target, and if it hits good grades, as I think it likely will, because of its very low market cap, I would expect these shares to rise dramatically in percentage terms. A second project is the Alpha Gold Project in Nevada. It is a Carlin-style target, which, uh, which it will te- be tested in 2020, I think with eight or ten drill holes, something like that they have planned. Success on that target is certainly not as high. The probabilities of success is certainly not as high. But if they do hit a juicy Carlin mineralization, uh, with their with their uh, drilling this summer, uh, it could be a moonshot. I think almost overnight, because again, because of this very minuscule market cap this company has. This third project that Sitka Gold has, Gold Corp has, is the RC Gold property in the Yukon, which is highly prospective as well, and that will be drilled also this summer. So there's three, three three projects that will be drilled. <coughs> excuse me, 
by the company as we get into this year. Uh, the second pick that I am going to offer to you is Lion One Metals, symbol LIO in Canada, L-O-M-L-F in the U.S. Actually, next week, Dr. Quentin Henning, who is a geological advisor to the company, and Wally Burakoff, the president and CEO, are scheduled to come on this show uh, jointly to talk a lot, talk about this exceptionally exciting story. Here are the main points I would like to leave with you regarding Lion One Metals. First, the company's project is a high-grade near-surface gold deposit in Tahiti that is permitted for production and has very strong profit margin expectations based on previous economic work. This is on the smallish side, however, and that is the reason that up until now it has not gotten a, a lot of attention. But all that has changed now because Dr. Quentin Henning has convinced uh, CEO Waller, Wally Burkhoff to put some deep drill holes down under the existing deposit to test Quentin Henning's theory that Lion One's Tahiti project is an alkaline project rather than a smaller epithermal deposit. The first drill hole put down in uh, a four-hole program proved to be a success as it not only graded 33.22 grams of gold per ton over 4.29 meters, but the type of mineralization supported Henning's alkaline theory. So I'm eagerly awaiting the results from the next three holes that should be coming uh, fairly soon, I believe. <clears throat> well, the significance of all of this is that what looks to be in the making is not a smallish epithermal deposit, but quite possibly a monster high-grade deposit, both at depth as well as along strike. And there's something like seven kilometers on strike that, the, uh, that are perspective here. Again, as I said, Dr. Henning and Wally Burkhoff will be with me next week to talk about this very exciting story. So those are a couple of my picks for 2020. I could name a lot more, and I hope that you'll be joining me at miningstocks.com. This is an exciting time for the junior sector. It's a very good time to consider signing up to my newsletter and some of the others, that, the other newsletter writers that are on the show from time to time. But for mine, you can go to miningstocks.com. As for which markets uh, to look forward to, and which ones that I think you should stay away from as we head into 2020, I will mention the work of Michael Oliver once more. His work, which I fully subscribe to, is now strongly suggesting a weaker dollar and very strong commodity markets in 2020. Now, just a couple of the, uh, of the things that Michael has talked about. With respect to the dollar index, uh, his view was that if it fell below 97.27 at the end of this month, uh, that would be a very bearish sign for the dollar. And in fact, right before the show began, it was selling below that level. It was at 96.46. As far as commodities go, Michael tracks the, uh, the uh, Bloomberg Commodity Index, BCOM. And uh, Michael's number was 79.35. If it is over that number by the end of this month, in other words, in just a couple of hours from now, uh, then that is extremely bullish for the whole commodity sector. And right now, it is significantly above. It's at 80.99. So uh, so the idea is that we're heading into a bearish, a bear market for the dollar and a bull market for commodities. So both of Michael's metrics are working out at this time. Michael's logic seems strong to me when he suggests the next leg up for gold will take place when the dollar heads lower and commodities head higher, and both seem to be taking shape, just as Michael suggested right now. Therefore, as we enter 2020, I'm bullish on commodities in, in general, and gold and gold shares in particular. I'm bearish on the dollar, 
And U.S. Treasuries, although if the equity markets tank, Treasuries could also become a safety respite, at least until the markets start to worry <clears throat> Excuse me, that there are no takers for U.S. Treasuries other than the Federal Reserve. And I would like to remind you that the Treasuries, uh, the, the U.S. Treasury, uh, the, the new money it needed to raise since September, 90% of that has been funded by the Federal Reserve, not by the Chinese any longer, not by a lot of the other countries that are really considered adversaries to the United States. <clears throat> so I think this is something to keep an eye on. Those are some of my views. Uh, on that same logic, let me tell you that I expect to talk to Alistair McLeod on January 7th about his most recent essay titled Bond Worries and Gold. Alistair believes that the dollar's days may be numbered as the world's reserve currency. Now, I know a lot of people have been saying that for a long time, but Alistair offers some very good insights, I think, into why that may happen. And he's talked about some of those recently, but I think he's also going to be talking to us next week on the 7th of January <clears throat> about why he fears that the U.S. Treasury may start having some real problems in terms of funding itself. And that could lead to an exacerbation of, uh, of a bear market for the dollar. If, if the world starts to realize that the only way the U.S. can finance itself is through printing press money and nobody else wants our treasuries, or that there aren't nearly as, many, as much demand for treasuries as there is uh, for a need to finance them, then it, uh, the confidence game could kick in. And uh, not a good scenario for sure, but it should be very bullish for gold and commodities. So those are just some of my thoughts. Let me turn now to someone who is a lot smarter than me, namely my good friend and partner, Chen Lin, to see what he's thinking about 2020. Before I say hello to Chen, though, I would like to remind you that you should go to chenpix.com, chenpix.com, to sign up for Chen's newsletter. Chen, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jay. Happy New Year. It's an honor to be on your radio show. Oh, it's always an honor to have you. Are you kidding me? So, listen, uh, with the questions that we're asking all the newsletter writers, as you know, Chen, what was your most successful pick in 2019? Well, there's a couple of, you know, in the gold, really, my best call was to buy gold at December of, uh, you know, of last year at about a little bit, you know, a little bit over a year. I mean, at the, at the bottom of the market, at the darkest moment of the trade war. Uh-huh. So uh, December, you buy. I was in future market, uh, gold and silver. Those are highly leveraged. Obviously, I don't recommend people don't sure. you know, don't know it to get into that. But you get to get a you know big band of the money. I got into a lot of mid tier uh, companies, and then they you know I got into stock options and stock and stock options like Cordelion, mm-hmm. Goldfield. Uh, gold resource, I mean, so on and so forth, and, mm-hmm. and then you can very liquid, that which I like, because I can buy for myself and my subscriber not have too much impact to the market. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they did very, very well. Um, so last, in 2019, actually, has been a year that uh, really just producers doing well. Uh, exports juniors are not, except some very selective mm-hmm. uh, few juniors. Right, so it's it's a very interesting market. It's diverse, and I expect 2020 to change, and then people start believing gold. So there could be a lot of exciting opportunities coming. All right, uh, let's hear about some of them. What are I, I know that you're um, you're largely uh, not largely you are in the energy sector as well as the gold sector, gold mining shares, and as you mentioned, those that have more liquidity. 
because of the size of your of your clients and and yourself and um, and also the biotech. So feel free to name whatever you think your top pick right. is in any of those sectors, Chan. It doesn't have to be in the mining sector, though. That's mostly right. What we're right. Talking Actually, about. I, you you mentioned exactly right. The biotech. Actually, the biggest. If you look at the biggest winner for me. In 2019, uh, during the shortest period, is biotech, right? That's when Elizabeth Warren was uh, leading in the Democratic, you know, debate. And uh-huh. I listened to the debate. Listen, she was trying to couldn't explain how to pay for her. But careful, oh, I feel that's the top of her, uh, you know, presidency. And then the biotech was down to the toilet because nobody really, everybody afraid of uh, Medicare for all. Yeah. So I was buying biotech. I got like a Clovis. In one month, it's five-folded. It's a very big company. It's a billion-dollar you know, company. So very, very liquid. You get a $3 and sell at 16 it's, And also Sorrento tripled. I mean, there's so many uh, stock double and tripled in one month. So if you buy at that moment, which I recommended to my subscriber in 2019, you, you would do very well. Uh, but I think uh, there, there's a lot of exciting opportunities in in biotech, and I have a long portfolio, but I'm quite very interested in gold. I think uh, 2020 should shade up to be something uh, very exciting for, for gold and gold miners. Exactly what I said, because um, juniors are not following gold. So mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. So once people start catching up, people start believing gold, uh, there's a lot of, uh, lot of room to run, okay, for, especially for juniors. One of those I really believe in is uh, Sarah Pascal. I discussed mm-hmm. that before in your radio show. Right? Yes. Uh, they already announced the deal with Glencore, right? So basically, uh, they, uh, they, they, the reason why the deal take took so long was there was so much opposition of a Peruvian minority shareholder because they believe they sold uh, at least one billion of assets for thirty million, right? So, and then the deal was negotiated when the gold was thirteen hundred, silver was fifteen. So now, you know, we, we sh- they should renegotiate, but Glencore still just, you know, they, they vote and they got the deal done. Uh, they got the deal signed. They haven't done. They will probably close it in a month or two. The stock still trading at. Uh, the uh, CN market, Q, Q mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the lowest of the Canadian. Once yep. they close the deal, they will trade on TSX. That will allow the fund to own, right? Right now, only individual and then people who really understand the story, like me and you, and then yeah. you know, our subscribers, you own a lot of ch- chunk of the share. Yeah. So, and then inside their own big chunk of share. So it's a, the, the, the stock really doesn't present any remotely the huge valuation it can, you know, and then they have a um, 17-year man life ahead of them. You know, it's, uh, you're talking about hundreds of millions of uh, cash flow at the current uh, metal price, okay? Mm-hmm. And then they were looking, management, if you listen to their recent um, presentation, they're looking for 50-year man life. So it's going to be yes. a, a, a one of the greatest mines in the world going on, generating hundreds of millions of cash flow each year and worth billions of dollars. Right now, market cap is still 100 million, right, Canadian, around that. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, it's a, a, a very unusual story, and uh, there's a lot of details to it, and I guess a lot of things we're still not quite clear on. The deal is supposed to close sometime very soon, I think the middle of January, right, Chen? Yes, January, February, sometime around there, right? So, uh, so the, we, will, we should hear more announcements coming soon. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you just look at it, uh, it's heavily owned by insider, plus only a few, only not many people outside understand it. Uh, yeah, exactly. So. Well, I'm really, I'm but, expecting possibly there'll be a, a sponsor of the show. We'll get him, we'll get Guy, uh, the CEO on the company, on the, on the radio show. Uh, thanks to you, Chen, for, uh, for finding this. You know, you have really been, I mean, you specialize in finding deals that are sort of out of sight and therefore uh, undervalued. And this is just another great example of many uh, that you have. We have a, about four minutes left yet. Chen, can you tell us um, what are your outlooks generally for 2020? What markets do you think? I guess gold is one you think we should be in. Gold, you like the biotechs a lot. Um, and right, right, what right. about energy? I, I, what, what are you seeing in energy? <clears throat> right, and uh, let, let, uh, energy, I think it's a very interesting uh, you know, market. Uh, Peter Lynch just came out. His topic is energy because energy was the worst in the past decade. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then before, the decade before was the number one. So it became number one, the number ten out of 10 different industries. Mm-hmm. So uh, he thinks it will bottom in a year or two. So we're getting pretty close. You know, we got washed out. Energy got down so much. It got washed out very hard. Uh, so, but there are still incredible valuations in energy. Like, uh, you know, I own, you know, like a stock even I own Pan Orange. It, not, it was trading quite close to the cash level. And then Cup Energy, you know, there's a lot of um, upside within those energy space. So I'm, I'm holding, you know, I'm holding my, my energy stocks and uh, hope, for the, hope for the best. I'm quite, you know, frankly, quite optimistic with my energy portfolio as well. And I mm-hmm. just want to squeeze in one last thing since we're talking more about gold on the radio show. Yes, yes uh, please. Another uh, company I really like is Oceana Gold. Okay, I follow uh-huh. the stock for over 10 years. This is one of the best valuations right now. It's over $2. Okay, um, because of Philippine situation, uh, the mine was forced to close. And while they negotiate the FTA uh, with Philippine government, the reason was that it will be the first ever FTA renewal. So the Philippines takes time to with to work with the government because there's mm-hmm. uh, ten other mines on the way want to do the same thing. So there there's a lot of intense negotiations. So 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 there, there's a delay on that. And but both government and the mining industry want to have a, a format going forward. So they will get a result, right? In the meantime, even without the Philippine asset, this stock was double of what they have because they already discovered very high grade next to their underground mine. So it could be the next festival of uh, okay. Curtin Lake. So the stock is uh, over a billion. So it's not a junior, but it's a very safe. You look at the insider purchase, it's a huge long list of insider purchases, right? So, so that's what I really like. And, and, and then biotech, there's quite a few, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty long list. So, but I put it in my outlook. You can go to champix.com. Right. Uh, there's some um, outlook uh, I put in uh, for for the for next year. Okay, so people can go there and get that free of charge, Chen, and then hopefully they'll agree to sign up for your letter. But are you providing those names uh, for some people? Right. They I need put to- the general general speaking of uh, outlook. I put it on the website. Yes, so uh-huh. people can look at that. and then talking about some company in general as well. All right. Very good, Chen. Thank you so much uh, for your for those ideas. Always, always a pleasure hearing what you have to say because I know, I know there's a lot of smoke coming out of your ears. It means your brains are working hard. You come up with great ideas, so I want to thank you for sharing them with us. Okay, Chen, have a oh, happy New you. Year, you and and your wonderful family, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon again on this show, hopefully. 
All right, folks. Well, that is uh, that's all the time we have for this segment. But don't go away because coming up next, John Kaiser will be with me. John always has some very interesting ideas, ideas that most other people don't think of, a lot like Chan Lin. So don't go away. John Kaiser will be with me right after the break. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol NVO. Its flagship assets are located in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. Novo has recently partnered with Sumitomo Corporation of Japan to evaluate, advance, and develop the company's Australian gold projects. With over $40 million in cash and $60 million committed from Sumitomo, Novo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. Gatling Exploration is aggressively expanding its 100% owned Larder Gold Project with three high-grade gold deposits located along the prolific Kirkland Larder Break in Ontario, Canada. 35,000 meters of drilling is underway and to date has now connected two of the three gold deposits and is aiming at connecting the third to create a 4.5 kilometer trend. Gatling trades under GTR on the TSX Venture and GATGF on the OTCQX. Visit www.gatlingexploration.com to learn more. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really glad to have with me once again John Kaiser. John has been writing a subscription-based newsletter since 1994 when he launched Kaiser Research Online. You can and you should go to kaiserresearch.com, consider signing up for John's letter, and I think he also has some interesting content there as well. Thanks for joining me, John. Jay, it's a pleasure. Really good to talk to you again. 2019 was a pretty good year for for most of the resource sector, I think. And um, well, I mean, it depends. It it depends at what stage you get in on them. And I think there's lots of companies that haven't yet uh, gotten onto the radar screens of most investors. Uh, certainly, the smaller cap ones. But uh, talk to us a little bit about what was your best what was your best pick, or what was your best get your best uh, stock pick in 2019. Well, Jay, I kicked off 2019 with 20 new favorites, uh, uh-huh. and, and these are across a wide spectrum of, of, of categories, uh, some gold, uh, some rare earths, uh, all, all over the map. The whole group was up only 9.7% at the highest, and that was in late February, and right now the group is down 19 so hmm. this group, although I love most of them and will continue them, uh, they've had a, delivered a pretty dismal performance. The best was Renaissance Gold, which uh, managed to peak up 141% in the summer when we had that gold uh, movement 
breathing life back into the sector. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole bunch of uh, programs. Uh, you know, the, it's a prospect generator farm out yes. company. Mm-hmm. They farmed it out. Uh, uh, but then it's now up only 88%. Uh, and uh, because th- these projects so far have resulted in no reportable results. In other words, mm-hmm. no nothing special. The other one that we had the highest hopes for was Sun Metals, and it was up 113% uh, in the summer based on the Stardust uh, Copper Gold Silver Scarn. It was a new discovery uh, or, a, or a new zone within a, an existing system, and uh, but they didn't produce results the same as the year before. And even though they've built this zone, and it is uh, uh, you know, an excellent story, and I think it will be the success we thought this year, uh, it's now down a 32%. So those were my two best uh, best ones, uh, which are also uh, not so great at the moment. And the biggest disappointment was my top gold pick, which was Midas Gold. And it started high at the beginning of the year because of some newsletter pump that wasn't even sponsored by the company. Huh. They're permitting the Stibnite project, yes. Golden Antimony in Idaho. And that's going to produce three hundred to 400,000 ounces a year. And you would have thought that Trump being the president would have been good for the company. But when he did his uh, cause that government shutdown, it really delayed the timeline for this EIS oh. draft that they're supposed to file. Uh-huh. So that we're going to get in the first quarter of 2020. Mm. And then hopefully we'll get the feasibility study. And that's the other bad thing. It's billion-dollar-plus capex. Yeah. And with these tariffs on aluminum and steel, uh, the market's worried, oh, boy, I wonder what that's done to uh-huh. the capex cost. But it is still the... The, the the most advanced and biggest gold project in the United States mm. that's poised to really flourish. And if we get gold going through $1,600, uh, uh, this thing is worth a lot. And I think even uh, they've done other things to to offset the CapEx uh, um, explosion. Uh, so that one is still my favorite pick, even though it's down sort of 40% on the year. Well, maybe that's uh, the best time for people to pay attention to it then. Uh, you have the, the courage of your conviction, John. I've known you for a long time, and you latch on to ideas. And, you know, it takes a long time uh, for new ideas to catch on sometimes in the marketplace. But uh, that's one I'm going to start watching. Thank you for that. I, I it is one I followed in the past and kind of gave up on it. Okay, let's let's. Uh, well, you know I'm notoriously early, also. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. It's best to just wait for Kaiser to be early and then, yeah, then and follow him later. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe sometimes, but uh, the early bird gets the, the worm or something like that. Well, uh, concerning uh, the new year, John, what markets do you think are going to be good? What what metals markets or whatever markets, and what do you think we people should avoid? Well, I think uh, the uncertainty is the big buzzword. Uh, Uncertainty in global geopolitics, uh, uncertainty in domestic American politics. uh, All of this is supposed to be good for gold. So I'm I'm on record as saying that, uh, you know, we could be over $2,000 by the end of this year, especially if something outrageous happens, such as whatever the outcome is of the election in Mm -hmm. November, Mm -hmm. it is declared as false and rigged because some deep state has uh, undermined it. And if that starts to happen, I think there will be serious civil unrest, uh, all kinds Mm -hmm. of 
hell will break loose, and the rest of the world's going to be watching in horror and say, oh boy, yeah. the U.S. dollar is going to lose its single reserve currency status even faster than the track it's already on. Mm-hmm. And so I think gold's just going to be under persistent accumulation this year. Mm-hmm. The one way I think out of this polarization that we've seen in the U.S. politics is the one area in which I think America has become ungrate or is certainly on a track of becoming ungrate and that is in allowing infrastructure to decay without being renewed mm-hmm. this is something that both parties see eye to eye on both parties have now demonstrated themselves as not caring a damn about how big the debt is mm-hmm. so Whatever, both sides should get together and say, we need to renew America's infrastructure. That creates local jobs, and it also creates a future for the younger generation, the post-boomers, people born after 1964. Because another problem I see is this uh, intergenerational divide between the boomers and everybody younger. And the boomers kind of say, well, we're not going to be around to suffer the consequences of climate change. So please don't divert any of our resources uh, uh, to solve something that may already be a hopeless cause in the eyes of some is a complete fabrication by some sort of a socialist uh, cabal. Mm-hmm. So if we get infrastructure renewal going, that will get rid of the concerns that the global economy is going to tip into a downturn as a result of uh, trade wars. Uh, I think the conflict between China and United States is real. I think mm-hmm. China's turning into an absolute authoritarian police state. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified that that might become the model for what the United States wants to event- eventually mm-hmm. become. Um, but turning around this perception that the, the base metals on that are all going to get lower, that's key. And if we get this type of infrastructure renewal, then we will get the um, strength in both gold, because obviously uh, the conflict between China and the United States and the great power game is not going to go away. Um, but we will also see the debt go up. We will see demand for raw materials go up. So we could have almost something like that perfect world we had in the super cycle when both uh, uh, metals were going up because of the, the big China China expansion and also gold going up uh, as everybody's wondering, oh boy, where is all this leading? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, very, very interesting. It certainly uh, is in concert with uh, Michael Oliver, who's on our show, is very bullish on the on the commodity sector, the whole commodity sector. Well, anyway, let, what's your best guess? Uh, not your best guess. Let's not put it that way. What's your best pick uh, for 2000 and uh, 2020? I, did, did I hear you say Midas Gold, perhaps? No, that's my, my favorite uh, sort of gold stock to, to link to uh, mm-hmm. gold going up. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of like watching paint dry right now. No, the one that I'm most excited about now, and I do have a significant stake in it, is Nevada Exploration. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. That's the groundwater story which yes. we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. They spent 15 years in the, in the desert uh, applying this. Uh, in late 2018, they drilled the South Grass Valley project. They discovered a a lower plate window that was altered, oxidized. It had been Mm -hmm. pumped by carlin-type fluids. Uh, They don't yet have the gold ore grade that we need. But this thing, if 
if they go back and they're planning to do this, go back this year with RC drilling for grade on the four targets that have been revealed through all this geological information created by the 11 core holes they drilled last year, this could, at a minimum, deliver a Carlin, a Cortez Hills equivalent, which is 5 million ounces of high grade, which would be worth 2 2 billion. But what surprised them was the scale of this system. It's as big as the North Carlin District, which is 50 million plus high grade ounces. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about something that potentially goes up, uh, you know, 10 to 100 times just based on a Cortez Hills type of a, mm -hmm. a discovery. But if it becomes apparent that they've got an entire new district, uh, then, well, we're talking insane thousand bagger type numbers. Mm -hmm. But it's even better because it's out, It's in an area that people don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's outside the area of interest box and Barrick and Newmont uh, uh, drew for their uh, Nevada gold mines, JV. If they find something here with this method, it blows all of northern Nevada wide open. These guys know of a dozen other places where they got anomalous kicks, so they'll probably run out and stake that. Hmm. But other companies will say, wow, this method works. There's all this basin land in northern Nevada that's not owned by Barrick and, and Newmont. It's going to be a fantastic uh, uh, gold rush, uh, and it's great for America, too, because finding there's another 300 million ounces hidden in northern Nevada. People assume it's all on Nomont and Barracks ground. But if it's in all these other June other land that's open with this new method, well then it becomes very exciting to explore for another three hundred million ounce endowment. That could come in very handy down the road when the U.S. dollar is no longer the single reserve currency. Yeah. Well yeah, you've been watching this for quite a while and uh, so what's the market cap with it? It's very tiny I guess, right? I think there must be almost 100 million shares fully diluted. It's trading around 26 cents Canadian. Okay. So, so, so it's a 20, $25 million thing. That's why I say a, mm -hmm. a hundred bagger if you find something that's mm -hmm. Cortez Hills. Even higher if uh, there's like multiple Cortez Hills in the yeah. system. But again, it's cheap right now because the market says maybe these fluids just blew through this entire system yeah. and didn't leave the gold behind yeah. anywhere. Well, so that's why that first ore grade interval on one of these targets will be like this uh, blows the lid off the whole thing. All right. Well, uh, folks, this is one, I guess, if you, uh, if you sign up for John's letter, you can learn more about fascinating ideas. John comes up with things that are very early, uh, you know, concept uh, situations that are very fascinating, very interesting. Sometimes it takes a long time, uh, but uh, when they hit, they can be very, very big and uh, this is an exciting one, John. It's one I've looked at in the past, and I guess I don't have the patience of a Job like you do, so I didn't stick with it, but it's certainly something I might come back and take a look at again. As you say, sort of joking that maybe what you do is watch what John buys and then just wait and wait and wait, and then at some point, boom. <laughs> so, CJ, a stock like this, it'll waken up, it may double. It may be a better buy when it's doubled and tripled from yeah, the current sure, level sure. right now, because yeah. they just may never get that ore grade interval. So it is definitely one to watch very right. closely because of these multi-scale implications of this story. All right, very good. Well, I have to leave it go with that. Thank you so much, John, for spending time with us and sharing some of your ideas. It's certainly fascinating ideas, and uh, we'll look to do it again sometime in the not-too-distant future. Well, folks, we do have to go to break now, but don't go away because Eric Coffin will be back with us to share his ideas about 2020. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Great Bear Resources, trading under GBR on the TSX and GTBDF on the OTCQX, is a gold exploration company focused on their 23-kilometer, wholly-owned Dixie Project in the prolific Red Lake Mining District. Having recently made multiple high-grade gold discoveries, GBR is fully funded to complete their very active 90,000-meter drill program through next year. Considered one of the best-performing exploration stocks in the last two years, GBR aims to release a maiden resource in early 2020. To stay up to date, visit greatbearresources.ca. TriStar Gold is a gold exploration and development company listed on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol TSG and on the OTCQB under the symbol TSGZF. The large and growing gold resource at Castelo de Sanos Project is located in mining-friendly Pata State, Brazil. A recent $8 million investment from major mining company Royal Gold will advance the CDS project towards a feasibility study in 2020. TriStar Gold enjoys strong institutional shareholder support from groups like Gold 2000, RBC, Sun Valley, and U.S. Global. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have Eric Coffin with me once again. He and Scott Gibson are the founders of the Metals Investor Forum, and I have a very high regard for Eric's understanding of evolving exploration projects, and I can tell you that the exploration industry as a whole feels the same way. That's why I personally read pretty much everything that Eric writes, on, especially the companies that I'm covering that he's also covering. And you can, you can and actually you should visit his website, hraadvisory.com, hraadvisory.com, where you can uh, sign up for his uh, really very reasonably priced service. Welcome, Eric, and thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me on, Jay. I'm always happy to talk to you. Oh, thank you. It's always great to have you because you do have a lot of great ideas and want to find out about what your best idea was, as it turns out, for 2019. What stock that you picked did the best? Performance-wise, um, performance in I, the market, anyway. I think the <clears throat> I think the one that did best, and I and I'm, I have to admit, I <clears throat> I don't have like a a list in my head of where things are at percentage-wise, so mm-hmm. I'm 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 frankly guessing here. Okay. Um, I mean, there's two or three that are that were pretty close to each other, um, percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one was was Great Bear, which of course is good to a lot of people sure um, love it uh, I, I think we i think we all follow that one yeah um, and it started out the year i think around two bucks and it's trading at about uh 870 880 now mm-hmm. uh just you know it's one of those situations where 
obviously they put out a lot of great drill holes, but it's I just thought their execution was so good. Mm-hmm. And and I think anyone anyone who's starting an exploration company and 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 wants some tips on on how to present information and how to convey um, exploration ideas and the development of your exploration story could do a hell of a lot worse, frankly, than listening to a bunch of Chris Taylor's interviews. Yeah, he's very, very good at that. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I mean, obviously, Great Bears 880 because of the of the drill holes. They, they've generated this new zone that looks like it's got, frankly, enormous potential uh, for it to contain ounces. But he's just. He and Bob's thing have just done such a great job of presenting and explaining mm-hmm. what they're doing and why they're doing it. And the fact that they've, they've managed to keep the share structure really tight hasn't hurt either, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Yeah, go ahead. Close to that one, and I'm, I'm you know, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but close to that one in percentage terms um, it, it is actually, uh, a, I wouldn't have guessed at the start of the year, honestly, um, and that's line one. Uh, I, I just realized it's probably up there in the top five as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Ryan Wan's a stock I've followed for a very long time. Um, I know Wally Barakoff well. I've got a lot of respect for him. Wally's a very sort of old school house street type promoter, and, and I think that you know I think some mining analysts that rubs them the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but I mean I love that about Wally personally. Plus, as I always point out to people. You can say what you want about Wally, but he was a founder and a driving force behind three companies I can think of off the top of my head that collectively were represented four or five billion in takeover value. Mm-hmm. So yes. the, guy, the guy walks the walk, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but, you know, a big change, as, as you're well aware, this year was the arrival of Quinn Henney um, as a advisor and and essentially, essentially, Quinn came in and redesigned uh, the exploration program for Tuvatu. Uh, Quinton envisions as, envisages it as a large alkaic gold system, something Quinton knows a lot about. Uh, so they've, they've shifted to this kind of go bigger, go home mm-hmm. philosophy, which, which I kind of like. Tuvatu is a, you know, it's a permitted. You know, smallish resource, several hundred thousand ounces, very good grade though, narrow veins. I've never doubted there's probably two or three million ounces there, but drilling narrow veins takes a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no getting around that. But if you can get the kind of market attention it's got, the difference that that makes, and you can say the same thing about this happening at Great Bear, when you get that kind of market attention and market value, what that means is the amount of dilution you have to suffer to do large-scale drill programs gets smaller and smaller. Yep. And that's an incredibly big advantage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Lion One's kind of there now. They just raised $10 million. Uh, Quinton's targeted some deep holes under the Tavatu load. The first one hit. It was a good hole. That's extended things down 70 or 80 meters. But he's also going after uh, a much larger area in the new exploration licenses that Lion One got a couple of years ago. And, and Quentin is very much looking for a big system, and the market's just really glommed onto that. Absolutely. All right, so those are two great picks, uh, no doubt about it. And both of them, I love. I love both those stories, Eric. What about um, as we head into 2020? What markets do you think you're bullish? Well, what markets are you bullish on, and which ones do you think you might want to avoid in 2020? I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still more comfortable with 
gold, silver, and I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to go to the moon. Yeah. I don't really think it has to. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of trouble seeing gold tacking on a couple hundred bucks an ounce mm-hmm. through next year, and if it does that, there's no reason silver won't tack on three or four bucks, and that's enough for both of them to, to keep speculative interest in the stories. Um, uh, you know, the big question mark for gold, I think, is going to be, does Wall Street roll over? Yeah. Um, to me, it feels like it's overdue, but there's just so much liquidity getting pumped into the system right now that, mm-hmm. you know, who, yeah. who can call a top on that thing? There's just, so, there's just waves of money getting thrown at it. I mean, at some point, it's going to run out of buyers. I mean, it is the sentiment so positive on Wall Street. It, it's so one-sided. I mean, that does tend to, you tend to get corrections when you start seeing you know, 95% bull bear ratios and stuff like that, which is pretty much where you're at now. Um, I like copper more, mm-hmm. I guess I would say, uh, with the, you know, sort of resolution of the, the, <laughs> the, the mini trade deal, if you will, um, that, that they're apparently going to sign one of these days. Yeah. But, and, and I'm a little more confident about copper partially because there, as always seems to happen with copper, there's been a few areas where there's been production bottlenecks, strikes, things like that. You haven't really seen the supply build up. Longer term, the the copper market fundamentals look fantastic. Uh, in the short term, the one thing I'm still not that comfortable about is I. It's not so much enough. It's not enough for me just to see the trade uh, war resolution. What mm-hmm. I'd really like to see is some evidence that China has started to reverse what's been now a 10-year decline in its growth rate. Right. I mean, its growth rate's been slowing literally for a decade. And I'm not, you know, China's already been through that, you know, super growth rate where it steps up to the next level. I don't expect it to go back to 10% growth rate. That's so not going to happen. Sure. But it would be nice to be nice to at least see it going the other way because I don't think it would take much of that to, to get copper back over three bucks. Um the other base metals, you know, same issue because I'm a little, I'm still a little concerned about China. Zinc has got some strange bottlenecks. Zinc might surprise everybody next year. Mm-hmm. Not because there's any huge undersupply. Uh, the issue isn't really at the mine site gate. It's at the smelters. Uh, China, as I've said for years, and also as John Kaiser has said for years, uh, they're more serious than they get credit for when it comes to trying to cut pollution down. Yes. And they, and they basically told a bunch of smelter groups, you're done, you're over. You are you either do a consolidation and group up together and find a way to generate this much metal with less pollution or we're just going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And that created a, a real bottleneck. I don't think there's a real shortage of you know, zinc concentrates or lead concentrates, but there seems to be a, a growing shortage of actual smelter capacity, and that can feed back into a supply shortage, because what happens is, it's a straight supply and demand situation. If there's too much concentrate, not enough smelters, smelters will just keep jacking up the price that they charge miners mm-hmm. to uh, to smelt it, and it'll get to a point where the more marginal mining operations just aren't literally aren't going to be able to afford it. So sure. I think some of the supply people are being worried about on that side of the base metal space I don't think it's going to show up because I think these TCRC charges of the smelters are just killing these guys. 
All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's not good for them, but it's good for us. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, these are the kind of things that you will be addressing in your newsletter as well. It's at hraadvisory.com, and you keep people really up to date on, on a whole host of market issues. But with just a couple of minutes left here yet, Eric, let me ask you about what are your two top picks going into 2020, and give us a quick reason why you like them. Um, I think in terms of expiration potential and, yeah. and because they've got very good I think they've got very good market side guys uh, a company I like a lot is, is as you know is is Vizsla Resources mm-hmm. which yes is VZLA on, on the venture they just acquired an entire silver mining camp most of which has never been explored by modern methods it's actually got an operating mine on it uh, it's it's a deal that gets fairly expensive three or four years in management's stated quite plainly that they view this as having a one or two year timeline where they need to prove up enough ounces for it to make sense for them to finance the whole the whole purchase at mm-hmm. the end option purchase if you will what I like about this is it's got grade grade and grade mm-hmm. uh, they've, they've reported a number of four digit um, silver grades by that I mean more than a more than a kilogram per ton and this isn't one of those underground Mexican deals where it's 200 gram silver equivalent and it's every basement under the sun. Mm-hmm. Their silver equivalent is silver and gold only. Um, in some ways, it actually reminds me of of both Santa Elena and, and Las Chispas, which mm-hmm. were the, the the projects that Silvercrest uh, Metals and Silvercrest Mines and now Silvercrest Metals, the the the, the new company, are to. Santa Elena is a mine now. Los Chispas will be, but they're similar in that they've got those very high grades and high gold grades along with the silver. I, I could see Vizsla reporting a lot of really, really impressive drill holes going forward. Yeah. They just put $4 million in the bank. There's another two. I think it's closing today, literally. So, so, they'll, be, find. so they'll be very actively drilling right away, I guess, right? Yeah, like they they just said, look, we we have to know whether we've got a resource here and a big enough one to bother pulling mm-hmm. the trigger on it. So right. They're not they're not going to screw around because some of it's actually a mine site. There are several areas that they don't actually need to do any permitting for, and the other areas it's really just uh, minor land use permits with Samarnat, and it's it's a disturbed area. So I'm not. It's not something where I think you're going to have any issues with drill permits or anything like that. All right, Eric. Uh, can you give us one more name yet? Um, we're we're basically quickly, out of time. Yeah. Very quickly, we want a straight-up drill spec. Um, no guts, no glory. Uh-huh. I still really like Northern Shield. Uh, they just announced about one and three-quarter million in financing that they closed on. That gives them enough money to drill both Shot Rock in Nova Scotia and Root Cellar in Newfoundland. Both of those are are essentially brand new epithermal discoveries. That's really what I like about the company. I love seeing management groups go and actually try to find new stuff, which they did. They're both, I would classify both of them as sort of pre-discovery. They're, they're going to see their first drilling in the next two or three months. Um, if they hit, the stock could go a long way. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it go at that. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Eric. And uh, again, Folks, uh, hraadvisory.com, if you want to know a lot more about what Eric is just uh, giving you a little hint about here, be sure to sign up for his excellent newsletter. Well, that is it for this week, folks. Until January 7th, um, have a Merry Christmas and uh, a very happy 2020. 
Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 